0: Hey guys, this is Josh Ramsey, and you're listening to Shane Christopher Neal on Giant FM. He's bald, he's sexy, and he's a drummer. This is the Industry 45 Podcast Show with SCN. All
1: right, uh, Industry 45 Show. uh, We are all over the map on the Industry 45 Show. Rock to country to pop, you name it. And uh, we're going to encompass all of it right now with Josh Ramsey. How you doing, man? (laughs) I'm good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. The Josh Ramsey show, like no one's going to mistaken who's making this album, right? <laughs> I love the name. Number yeah. One. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it was just sort of a joking working title that just kind of stuck. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And so here's my first question. I assume, I'm going to assume this was somewhat of a a pandemic album. Um, Marianne's Trench is not touring. You're an artist, a songwriter, and you're thinking, man, I got to do something. So give me the genesis behind why you came up with this concept of writing so many different genres and kind of finding people to fit into it.
0: Yeah. Um, So, um, I'd always planned on doing a solo record where I played all the instruments myself. Like I always wanted to do that at some point, but because of Marianna's Trench and stuff, I never really had the time to do that. Um, and then you're, you're very right. Um, the pandemic happened and, uh, and I was like, okay, this is the perfect time for me to do this because everyone's in quarantine, no one's seeing each other. Um, so then it was sort of like, um, you know, my manager was like, well, so what is this going to look like? You're going to do a solo record. Okay. I get you want to play all the instruments and stuff, but what style is it going to be? Because how is it going to be different from Marianas Trench? Because you're the songwriter in Marianas <laughs> Trench as well. And and I was like, yeah, that's good. That's a good point, dude. I got to think about that. Because um, the, the, it would have been a bad choice for me to just make a Marianas Trench record on my own. That's not that's not a good idea. So then I was like, well, okay, so what genre do I want to do? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do as many genres as possible. Let's just let's just make... And ba- basically, just because I wanted to make sure that I made songwriting and production choices that, I, that would set it apart from being a Marianas Trench record. I didn't want anyone to listen to it and go, okay, so it just sounds like Mariana Trench. You know, I wanted to make different choices that way. Um, and that's sort of what led me to, to just playing around in a whole bunch of different genres. And then, uh, and then that sort of led to the idea of just like asking people that, uh, asking people who I'd always wanted to sing with, if they would like to, to come, come in and do a song. And um, that was the other great thing because of the pandemic Everyone was available. No one was unsure.
1: On <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So did you have the artist in mind, though, when you were writing the song? Like your first single, uh, Lady Mine, has Chad Kroger from Nickelback. And, and what a great song. 70s kind of rocker. You've got horns. got all this great stuff happening. But were you writing that with him in mind as somebody who's going to sing it with you? Or did you kind of write it first and then go, who am I going to source out to sing with me on this?
0: Right um thanks man yeah um so that was one of the first songs i wrote for the record and um what i was actually picturing was uh, this is a songwriting exercise that i do all the time um and it's a it's a particularly good exercise for me because um you know i also have a career writing songs for other artists all the time so it's it's sometimes can be a really good writing exercise to be like if i was going to write a song for this artist you know past past or present um how would i do that and sometimes that's a writing exercise that i do so like what, so that song came from me being like, okay, how would I write a song for Lenny Kravitz? What would a Lenny Kravitz song do? Right. What, how would I do that? And that's sort of where it started. So that's sort of why it has the, like, you know, Lenny had. I realize Lenny's like, you know, 90s and 2000s and stuff, but he was definitely like a 70s throwback guy. And oh, he yeah. still is. Um, and I love Lenny. Um, so I was like, okay, so it's going to be a 70s, 70s throwback rocker tune, but I want to have horns in it and stuff like that'd be cool. And so I sort of like just conceptually thought about it. Um, and then once I started writing it and working on it, um, I wasn't too far in before I was like, started to picture, uh, Chad's voice on it. And I didn't know if he would say yes or not, obviously. Um, and that can be a uh, dangerous spot to, to to paint yourself into because if you you really fall in love with the idea and you really start to picture someone else's voice, then you get to the point where you send it to them and then you're like, Oh no, what if they say no? (laughs) (laughs) Because now I'm like you know now I'm so attached to this idea of being uh, being Chad because I've been picturing his voice on this thing for like you know the last two weeks or whatever. Um, But luckily in in the case of that song, Chad actually said yes before he even heard the song. He was just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it, Um, which was awesome, Uh, which was awesome of him. Um, And I think once um, once his voice got on there, I think it uh, it 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 added a lot of interest to the song. I, I think it's a lot more exciting with both of us singing it than it would than it was like the you know, the demo version was just me singing the whole thing. Right. And it was kind of, it was, just, it was kind of missing something and I could put my finger on it. And then once Chad sent me his vocals, I was like, Oh, that's what it was. I needed it. It just like, it needed that call and answer. Um, especially in the third chorus, like, uh, it needed that back and forth dialogue to be happening. And, um, I also kind of like that, um, I think that song, um, I don't think it's the style of song anyone would have expected me to do or him to do. Right. So I think that kind of makes it fun and interesting as well. And it's also a little bit tough to tell who's singing what in certain parts because in the, in the right register we kind of sound the same
1: right right yeah absolutely so uh, the Josh Ramsey show came out April the uh, 8th 604 Records mm. and featuring one of my favorite artists uh, in country radio which is which is Dallas Smith and I've had the opportunity to sit down with Dallas and interview him and uh, default was was one of our default I guess as you properly would say it uh, is, was one of my favorite rock bands so tell me about the genesis sure. of that song and best of me is the song and I'm not I'm not making this up Josh like I listened to it 20 times last night and I said to our programmer, I, I need to play this song and I need to learn more about it. So why Dallas was again, did you have him in mind uh, singing this song? And was it a challenge for you for someone who's not a country singer to kind of put a country spin on your voice, if you will? Was, was that a challenge for yeah. you?
0: Yeah, dude, that's a great question. Um, or I guess there's a couple questions there. but um, So, yes, it was. I, I did write it specifically for Dallas. I love Dallas um we've known each other forever um we were label mates for a very long time because he was on uh on 64 records as well for for years and years um so you know we've played shows together and um and uh, you know i just i love his i mean he's i love him as a guy but i, I also just i love his voice he's got this like wicked powerhouse uh vocal chops and and so uh him and i had talked about for years man we should do something together at some point like we have been like sort of just like in general just sort of every time we'd see each other we'd be like ah we got to do something and we just never gotten around to it so then when, I, when this project started going i was like well i, I like right out of the gates I, one of the first songs i wrote was this song specifically um to to pitch to dallas um and thankfully he said yes and, and he sounds amazing on it um and and then your question about getting my voice to sound like that um yeah dude it was like super difficult um uh like I mean musically speaking that's not a hard song to sing but um it, I I really uh worked on it a lot because when I first started singing that verse in the, t- the tone that I would normally use in that register it didn't sound right in the song it didn't it didn't sit it, it just like it felt like a fish out of water um yeah. so and it was just it, it didn't sound like a country song Um, but I'm not a country singer. So, (laughs) so I sort of went back to the drawing board a bunch of times and I I was like, okay, I got to get the twang in there. And there's a, there's a style of delivery, like pop singers and rock singers. When we sing in like a lower register, usually it's like breathy and airy and small, but you know, I did a sort of a deep dive into a bunch of country singers and they don't do that. Like male country singers, when they're singing low, they still project and still very full. Um, so that was the first sort of like uh, aha moment for me. I was like, okay, okay. So I got to sing out more. I'm singing. It's too small. It's too soft. Um, and then I sort of pushed it too far at first And like the, the, the next couple versions of the vocal I did Almost sounded like a caricature Or like, a, like an SNL skit or something It was like too far in <laughs> that direction And I didn't want that either uh, what I, My goal was I wanted it to feel Like a country voice But I still wanted it to feel authentically like me At the same time And I think I arrived at that But, um, I, but I, I will admit like, that vocal performance on, on that song That's the one that I spent the longest on On the whole album
1: you have a great lyric line, bottle hits hard when you're too thin. <laughs> and so t- And I was thinking to myself as I'm listening to that, tell me about that, though. Is it like just that lyric stands out to me? Uh, personal experience, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of what I thought. But anyway, uh, what, what a great song, uh, Best of Me. And Thank the, you. the video... Uh, I take it it was at Molson's I think I read or I saw somewhere out in, in Vancouver yeah. or whatever. And now I have an issue with that because my dad was a longtime representative of Labatt's and I worked at Labatt's, so, oh. but I'm going to accept this as, you know, it is what it is. So tell me about the video, sure. though, because it was a great video you did. And the place looked awesome. Thank you.
0: Um, yeah, you know, um, so that brewery has been abandoned for years and years and years. Um, and I really feel like it became like a real character in the, in, in the video because it's like the coolest. Location, um, you know, was, like we were walking around. It's huge. Like I got lost like twenty five times. Um, and uh, we, uh, I, I, th- a thing that I think is like kind of special about it is that it, about the video is I'm pretty sure we were the the last thing that's ever going to film there because it's getting torn down. Um, so that that's kind of cool. Um, and I I felt like you know what it was like walking around in there. I was looking at all of these different areas and I just thought to myself, this could be the set for the end of every Terminator movie or every like, like, or, you know, any action movie that ends in like a quintessential abandoned factory. Like, it's just like, it looked exactly like those movies. Um, and so I was just kind of like laughing. I was like, man, we should have been making an action movie in here. This is crazy. Um, but yeah, we had a lot of fun doing that. Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, another really funny thing about that video is, um, so it was shot, um, uh, Stefano, the director, this is an old trick that that uh, I've done in other videos before, too, where um, what they do is they, they play the song, uh, they speed it up uh, by 100%, so it's twice as fast. So it sounds like the Chipmunks or something, yeah, like yeah. super, super fast. And you lip sync it at that speed, but they're shooting it at two, at uh, twice as many frames per second. But then when they slow the frame rate back down and they slow the song back down, you appear to be in slow motion, but you're still singing in time with the music somehow. Like, that's how they do that. So... The whole day we weren't hearing the song the way you guys hear. it. We were hearing like we were like down <laughs> and we we're like Dallas and I were just like going back and forth, like just trying to get all the words out because it's a pretty wordy song. We were just like, oh my god, this is brutal. <laughs> and the other funny, the other funny thing is like at that tempo, it changed the way it changed the way that I was performing to camera because. Yeah, it's kind of like a mid-tempo, leaning a little bit towards ballad. Um, and but at that tempo, I couldn't help but like blink one eighty-two this thing, you know. And I was just like jumping up and down, and and I I I just couldn't help it. It was just like it just kind of came out of me at the at the punk rock tempo.
1: It's a great video, and you do a great job, too, on your socials with all the behind-the-scenes stuff and all that as well. One other song, oh, my- thanks, Miles and Miles with your sister. How often have you sang with your sister over the years? And tell me, it's probably a special moment, especially that song, and the string section yeah. sounds great. And yeah, tell me about that.
0: Thank you. That song, um, whoa, um, well, yeah, my sister and I have been singing together our whole lives. We've been in bands together. Um, and actually, she she usually sings, something on every Mariana's Trench album somewhere. Um, and But never quite as featured as, as this. Um, but we lost we lost both of our parents during the pandemic. So yeah. it was like six months apart from each other. And um, so for that song, um, I, it, you know, I wrote that song for my dad. And um, it was very important to me that each of the songs that I wrote for my parents did, were not about loss or grief. I didn't really want to write that. I didn't want to write those songs. I wanted to write sort of like, loving uh loving and remembrance and sort of in tribute type of thing and, and one thing that i really learned from my dad um uh, like I, my parents were like my two biggest music teachers for sure like i was so exposed to music in my house they're both professional musicians you know my dad um started a legendary recording studio in vancouver called little mountain sound so it was like i was just like surrounded by like so much so many professional musicians from my entire childhood and one of the big things that I learned from my dad was musical arranging um, for, you know, for he would write for like jazz, jazz choirs and stuff like that. And, and I really learned a lot of my arrangement skills I learned from him. So I thought the best way to, to pay tribute to my dad would be to write him a symphony. And like that, that was my thought. I was like, OK, I'm going to show off all the things I can do because you taught me how to do them. And that's, that's sort of where the, the song started and sort of where the lyrics sit. Um and then it really, I mean, uh, if you're gonna ask someone to sing a song like that, it's the only person I could possibly ask, obviously, was my sister. Right, right. Um. And so I, I, I thought that, uh, I thought that really was uh, the finishing touch on that song is having us do it together. And um, and the other thing with that tune, just specifically, man, is like it's all real. And uh, the trying to record a full symphony orchestra during the height of a pandemic <laughs> yeah. is um, Can't be so easy. basically, I mean. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. You can't, you can't put 150 people in a tight, in a, in a scoring stage together. You can't do that, uh, especially because yeah, there's strings and they, they can wear masks, but people that are playing woodwinds and brass are not. And they're also putting a ton of air and spit into the room. Right. So right. I mean, it was really, so basically what we had to do is, is, um, we recorded that, um, at the warehouse in Vancouver, it was Brian Adams place and, um, in this big room, but only like six people at a time and everybody socially distant from each other. So it was just like I recorded it. It, it, it is like I think I think there's like one hundred and sixty players on that, but it was only recorded like six people at a time and then put together afterwards.
1: Crazy. What a great song. You know, when I read the the bio thing here, it, sa- it says that uh, you were trying to step outside of your comfort zone doing this. So what did mm-hmm. you learn about yourself as an artist, as a songwriter, as a performer, whatever that you didn't know before? Anything?
0: Um I mean I think I um did I learn some magic new aha moment thing? Probably not, but I I I think um I you know, really had to trust my instincts because I didn't have the other band members to bounce ideas off of. Um so uh <laughs> there, there was that um, but I think, uh, and I, I think I just sort of grew overall as a producer and a writer and stuff, especially because I was trying all these things that I hadn't tried before. So I had to do a, like a deep dive into a lot of genres and like really, uh, really research before before working on it. You know, like you're not going to do, you're not going to do uh, an EDM song if you don't, haven't gone and listened to a bunch of EDM or whatever. Right, um, right. So I, I definitely had a, a, a lot of musical education during, during this album. Um, and I also... <laughs> I mean, I, I think my big takeaway from this project for me is that, um, is that genre really isn't all that important. I just want to focus on good songs and just let good songs be good songs, regardless of what format they fit into. Uh, I just feel like I feel like it, 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 you're I realize that, like, you know, if you're always so focused on, like, you know, hitting your format stuff, you could potentially be boxing yourself in because you might um, you might be making choices that are compromising what the song wants to be. Um, so, you know, I really just tried to, li- I just really tried to listen to the songs and, and listen to where they wanted to go um, and just trying to, you know, follow my instincts and stuff. I definitely learned some stuff about arranging for sure, because there's a couple of songs on this where I took for granted. The, so the way if I'm like arranging for horn parts or string parts or whatever, the way I do that is um, in, in Pro Tools, I, I will write all of the parts out. Um, using sample libraries, using like fake, you know, like fake strings or fake horns or whatever. But the thing about that is, when you write parts that way from a computer, when it plays back to you, it will be perfect every time. And you can put yourself into a hole where you, re- where you don't realize until you're on the, like what I would do is I do that and then I replace it all with real players at, like, at the end once I'm locked on the part. Right. And I realize a couple times. I've written something that's not playable by a human. Like I've written something that's too <laughs> difficult. It's too fast. Yeah. Um, it's too fast. And it, and it's not actually, it's not, it's not humanly realistic that I ask people to play this. And I didn't even think about that until we got there on the day. And I was like, Oh, geez. Okay. Let's simplify a few things.
1: So I want to ask you this. Um, you know, you play all the instruments. You obviously play the drums. I'm a longtime drummer. Rate your drumming skill. Is it a good, you, know, you got good chops or?
0: Uh, um, I'm functional. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not Dave Grohl, but, um, you can get but, by. Uh, I mean, drums, drums were, drums were my main instrument through, um, all of high school. That was like my main thing was playing drums in high school, uh, in the big band and all that. Um, so, uh, and, and, and also, you know, sort of through my teen years up to my early twenties, uh, you know, I had access to the studio, but I didn't have a band, so I would always just sort of play all the instruments myself anyway. So I was actually, in some ways, re- uh, recording this album sort of actually just felt like uh, being a kid again. Actually, it just took me back to my teens and just like, OK, I'm just by myself making, you know, just fooling around. <laughs>
1: Uh, I see here that you're playing May 25th, Danforth Music Hall in Toronto. May 25th, yeah, May 25th. Yeah. So that's a solo show, I take it? And yeah. um, so what band do you have then playing, and are you playing this album or what? Yeah, we're
0: playing uh, all the songs from this album um, with uh, a new band. Um, and uh, don't worry, Mariana French fans, there's, I'm working on new Mariana stuff at the same time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I put together a band with, um, a lot of multi-instrumentalists. So we have, a, a, there's a lot of people, uh, doing several different jobs because, uh, because stylistically this, um, there, there's so much variety on this album. I needed players who could also, you know, provide a variety of duties. Right. Um, and on top of that, because there's so many duets, I also needed people in the band who not only could be proficient at, uh, an instrument or a few instruments. But also are, could be great lead singers to fill in for, you know, because uh, Chad Kruger is not going to be coming on the road with me. Yeah. Right,
1: right. Well, and you need people who could <laughs> who, who set up and lift gear as well while they're, while they're playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned Mariana's Trench. Do so you got new music here you're working on or will we see a tour at some point this year, you think? Or?
0: Um, I mean, we're working on a new album now. We are playing a bunch of uh, festival shows throughout summer. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm sort of trying to juggle. Um, I think they haven't announced it yet, but there's like uh, on the solo tour, there's, there's Canada and then uh, we're, uh, there's going to be an American one as well. And I think I actually have to be doing it where it's like because Mariana Trench is playing a bunch of festivals on weekends. So I think I actually have to be like on my solo tour and then like leave my tour and leave my bus wherever in the United States and fly in to do the, do the Mariana show and then fly back to join my tour again. I think I have to do that a few times.
1: Uh, as we conclude this I have to tell you so I'm 53 years old I did not grow up with Mariana's trench okay but my daughter is okay. 22 my daughter is 22 and did so I'm familiar with uh-huh. fallout I know the lyrics I've say you know I th- in fact I think I took her to see you guys. I think it was in Fort Erie. It was it was in Canada anyway, but I think it was in Fort Erie at the Friendship Festival. I don't know if that rings a bell, but it was uh, it was a lot of years ago now. But uh, so I believe I have seen Marianne's trench despite my old age, and I do appreciate you, man, for (laughs) doing this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, dude.
1: The Industry Forty Five Show.